And here we go, here we go! Raider Nation. Raider Nation. Welcome to the Silver and Black Hack Podcast. Your home for the most real Raiders takes, predictive stats, and advanced analytics. We bleed silver and black. Here are your hosts, Raider Heart and Raspy Raider. What's up, Raider Nation? Welcome to the Silver and Black Hack Podcast. You're listening to the Raiders Colts preview show. This is a big game, guys. And in this one, Raspy Raider and I are going to discuss, well, the Raiders face a virtual must-win at Indianapolis this weekend. And how can the Raiders slow down the league's leading rusher? And, of course, all of Raider Nation joins together as we mourn the passing of an absolute Raider legend. But first, before we get into anything else, I always like to remind you guys that, you know, there's ample time to to still join the discussion. You can find us out there on social media. We're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. Definitely not hard to find out there. And uh, Twitter still seems to be slightly ahead as far as the engagement, but Facebook is definitely catching up fast. If you want to hit us up on Twitter, you want to ask Raspy a question, we have Ask Raspy as well as our scores and predictions at the end of this episode as, as we do it with every pregame show. Make sure to find us on one of those two social media platforms. If you want to hit us up on Twitter, the handle's still the same. It's You can find us at, uh, at silver underscore hack. And if you just like to kick back and you're more of the just listen to the, the show kind of vibe, you're not as much on the social media kick, which is totally understandable. We got you covered too. You can find us on all the major podcast platforms. I like to kind of name some of the big ones, you know, every time to just kind of give you a, a gist of where we're at. You can find us on Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, Apple Pods. We're, we're just about everywhere, guys. So it's the holidays. Happy New Year, by the way, from Silver and Black Hack. You know, if you're still hanging out with family, friends, and, and doing the holiday thing, make sure to drop a line. Tell your Raider, you know, family and, and friends and coworkers, whoever you're, you're hanging with over the over the holiday weekend, tell them to like and, and subscribe to the Silver and Black Hack podcast so they can get in all, on all the, the great Raider content that, that we have. We're going to carry you through the end of the regular season, hopefully into the playoffs if everything goes right. And obviously into the 2022 offseason, free agency draft and beyond. So no better time to get on board with the Silver and Black Hack podcast than here on New Year's Eve. And again, guys, we just want to wish everyone out there in Raider Nation and beyond a very safe and happy new year. You know, I think everybody is kind of you know, on the same page. We, we're kind of ready to turn the page on 2021, hopefully to a, a much better, brighter year next year but you know in order to do that guys everybody to have fun out there we also want everybody to be safe make sure to involve designated drivers uber um whatever you guys got to do we're all adults out there whatever you have to do to 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 have fun yes but also maintain you know your safety and we all want everybody to you know make it into the next year and and celebrate with us there so once again, guys, happy new year to everybody out there. And 
Raspy, happy new year, man. It was a, it's been a, a very bizarre week this week, man, with, I know you were as shocked as I was to hear about the passing of John Madden. Yeah, that was crazy, man. Like they had literally just done that run on him, you know, the Madden like tribute show, you know, which I thought was, was well put together. And there was some guys that I kind of wondered why they were on there as far as some young guys, but that's ah, all right. We won't get into that. But like Hart says, man, like just excited to, uh, you know, turn the clock here, man, get to 2022, move this forward. Um, and as he said, like, I don't know, man, we got listeners all over the place, man, but I'm out here in Colorado and the weather is bad. Uh, my wife just got into a little fender bender. So <laughs> we have to be careful out there, man. Let's let's be safe. Um, you know, I know out in California, it's maybe not snow, but there's always craziness. So just be safe, man. Just, uh, you know, you want to, you want to, bounce into this 2022 in a good way so just be safe like hard said out there man definitely want to stress that um but excited man not not excited to hear the news about madden though that was the bummer man all that man has done for this league and uh i mean i, I got friends that are chiefs fans bronco fans all, all over the board man and they still all have so much respect for this man i mean he's one of those guys that if uh you know you're a kid growing up in the nineties, man, you knew what Madden was and there was no doubt, man. And it wasn't just a football game. So definitely, you man. RIP Madden. You could argue that if you're a kid in the sixties, seventies, eighties, or nineties or two thousands. Right. right. I guess I'm leaning more I'm leaning more I'm leaning more towards the the you know, the games that we played. But yeah, you're right. Absolutely. Man. I mean, even more so to uh you know, these these young Raider fans who got to watch Madden in his prime. What a what a time to be watching football as a Raider fan, no doubt. No doubt about it. And uh, yeah, we we share with all of Raider Nation and wishing the Madden family, you know, our condolences and everybody that was touched. The whole Raider Nation, the whole Raider family, the whole football family, the NFL, anybody that was touched by video game community, everybody that was touched by John Madden in some way. And most of us most definitely were more on that a little bit later more on, on John Madden and the impact that he had on us as Raider fans. A little bit later on, you guys are going to want to stick around for that most definitely. But business, life goes on, business goes on. And John Madden would be the first one to, to, to talk about that the Raiders have a – it's not technically a must win. There's some scenarios that I think could happen even if the – but those are even reliant on the Chargers losing to the Broncos. I think if the – Chargers beat the Broncos and some of the news I'm seeing with COVID may make that a dicey proposition for the Broncos to win that game that may eliminate any other road to the Raiders getting in other than us winning, winning out. And, you know, when there's two games to go, Raspy, you know, this is what you want. You want to be in a situation where, look, we don't have to rely on the Denver Broncos. We don't have to rely on say the the New Orleans Saints or somebody or this team has to win, but then this one has to lose and this one has to tie. No, you take care of your business. You beat the Colts on Sunday and you set yourself up for a virtual playoff game. You win at home and you go right on into the playoffs. Tough, a tough task. Yes, but still raspy. This is exactly what, you know, they always ask that question at the, I only really hear this in sports, but you hear it in just about all sports where when a team is in a certain position later in the season, you, you ask that question, well, 
if at the beginning of the season somebody would have told you that such and so team only had to win so many games at the end to get in. Well, I ask you if somebody told you at the beginning of the season that the Raiders just needed to win at Indy and then come on back home and beat the Chargers at home to assure themselves of a playoff spot, would you have taken that? Yeah. I mean, I'm hesitant in a sense because I thought this was a win now. I thought we'd be in a little better shape. But no, absolutely. I mean, you can't deny the fact that, hey, man, it's not like we, you know, we've had years in the past, you know, just last year and the year before where not only did we have to win, some other things needed to transpire for us to get in. You go win, you're in. You go win two football games, you're in. So if that doesn't motivate a team and get a team jacked up and get a fan base jacked up, then I don't know what will. At this point, all you have to do is damn what everybody else does. Go win two ball games in a row, man, and you're in. After everything that's happened this year, after the Gruden stuff, after the tragic mistakes that Ruggs, the fatal mistakes that Ruggs made, and, and just all the other stuff that went on this season, man, you're still at a place. And I'm with you. We were told – we were sold a bill of goods. We were sold that this is a win-now year. And when you think a win-now season, you're not thinking that means that we have a chance with two games to go. You're thinking more, yeah, we pretty much have locked up at least a wild card with, with one or two games to go. But the Raiders still do have a chance, Raspy, and it's it's not going to be it's it's not going to be an easy go. It is going to be a tall order with the Colts. This is a very physical, well coached football team on both sides of the ball, Raspy. But don't we kind of have to start with COVID? That's a, that's a new variable that we kind of have to factor in here until this whole pandemic stuff. Hopefully, you know, gets put in the rearview mirror in 2022 and going forward. But the COVID news that, that, you know, it has the ability to swing games. It has the ability to swing whole seasons based on who's playing, who's not playing. And all I can tell you guys is this. As of the recording, it looks like the the Colts are trending towards, they believe Carson Wentz is going to play. He has not passed all the, the requirements, the COVID protocol requirements as of yet. He has until Sunday morning before the game to do so. They believe, according to all reports, that they think he's going to be ready to play. He's going to be on track to play. So bad news there. And then we kind of doubled down on some bad COVID news. Uh, From what I'm hearing, Darren Waller is not going to even make the trip because of of his COVID situation. Raiders are expecting Casey Hayward back, um, Perriman back, and a couple other guys are, are, are borderline. So that's some good news. They really need Casey Hayward. The defense just isn't the same without him. But Raspy, I, I, all things being considered, I, that's – I think I have to consider that the COVID front a net negative for the Raiders with this news. What do, where, where do you fall on that spectrum? I'm kind of right there with you. I mean, the fact that we get Hayward and Perriman back, is huge because I was worried about that. We need both of those guys, man, as far as being able to stop the biggest elephant in the room, man, which is Mr. Jonathan Taylor. So having Perryman out there to be able to help with that and, and, Hay- and Hayward being sound, not only in coverage, but being sound in the run game too and knowing when to kick off and go and make a play. So that's huge. KJ Wright sounds like he he's going to make the trip. And right. we're hoping we're hoping good things. Mariota, you know, if 
God, I wish we'd actually use the fact that Mariota is going to be out there to our advantage. Who knows? Maybe this is the week we decide to to draw something up. I don't know. But as far as the defensive side of the ball, man, Hayward, Perriman, right? All big, big, big pluses that they're going to be able to play, at least from where we're looking at right now. Now, a lock and change, I get that, but they're making the trip, so that's a good sign. But the Wentz playing and Waller not, I think that could be the, – that's the biggest swing variable in that group, don't don't you think? Well, yeah, absolutely. But I'm, I'm sorry, guys, and this isn't me being cocky at all, but I'm not scared of Carson Wentz. I'm just not. I'm scared of Jonathan Taylor and what he can do and what Wentz can do off of what Taylor can do. But if bottom line for me, man, if we can get after Taylor, maybe I'm getting ahead of ourselves a little bit, but – as far as game plan, but if we can slow down Taylor, I, I'm not. I'm not saying that Carson Wentz can't hurt you and that he can't dissect you if you let him. But I, I'm just there's a a bigger target for me, and that is on the, you know, on right on the chest of number twenty eight, Jonathan Taylor. So it's not that Wentz is the biggest target for me. It's that that if Wentz doesn't play, this is a win because the backup. I, there was reports that the that the Colts reached out to Philip Rivers, but let's just be honest. Rivers was well well past his glory days. That's why he retired, and he hasn't been practicing or probably. I mean, this guy's a dad of thirty thousand kids. He probably hasn't been locked in <laughs> on keeping himself in shape. He probably didn't expect a call to come back and play. So I don't think he was going to be ready to answer that call. He's a competitor. We all know that as Raider fans. So. He, he probably would have thought about it, but even, you know, Rivers at this point, it's just doubtful. And there, there are, there are other option with Sam yeah. Ellinger, you well, know, so I see, I see what you're saying, but man, I also don't want this to be just, and most, you know, a lot of fans might say you're crazy, Raspy. Like, what are you even talking about? I want us to be able to, I want us to be able to go beat a team that, you know, a team with their guy. Is it so much to, I mean, of course, would I love to play a backup for the next two weeks and not see Wentz or, you know, Herbert? Well, yeah, but that's just not realistic, man. I don't want anything handed to this team. This team has, you know, created this scenario. You need to go get it, man. So if Wentz plays as much as I'm totally with you, I mean, it's a big swing. There's no doubt you're talking about pulling Rivers off the couch away from his 30,000 kids that he has. <laughs> I think, Raspy, you, you may be misconstruing my point there a little bit. Um, I'm not saying that stopping Wentz is the most important factor in this game because I think we all agree that Taylor is the bigger threat by far, the bigger threat when you're choosing between those two, but I'm just, I feel like the, the fact that they get Wentz back while the Raiders lose Waller at the same time, not being able to make the trip, that is a big swing factor. When you combine those two things, you know, off the COVID list towards the Colts, they get their quarterback back where their backup option was not likely Philip Rivers answering the call. And more likely it was going to be Sam Ellinger, which would be as good as, punting a game you know especially because the Colts can win they can still get in by by just beating the Jags in the in the last week of the season what regardless win or lose against us this is not a must win for the Colts so they could have gotten away with that for a week and just let wins come back not having Waller man the Raiders are really struggling to score points on offense raspy we see the struggle and strain with this passing game with every passing 
game. And I was really optimistic based off the, the, the reports of Wilder's knee that he was going to be able to go this week just to have COVID come in and pull the rug out from under us at the last minute right there. It's just kind of a, it's just kind of a little bit of a gut punch is all. No, and I get you. And I, and I, I didn't think that, but I see what you're saying where I was kind of bouncing back and snapping on the Taylor thing, but, but you're right though. But man, can we ever just get a win on our side? You know, when it comes to this COVID thing or whatever, man, I, I don't know about you guys, man. I get it. It's legit. It's real. But this COVID stuff, I'm sick and tired. I'm sick and tired of talking. I'm sick and tired of dealing with it. I know everybody else feels the same way for the most part. It just sucks, man. And, yeah, what I'd love to see Sam Ellinger out there. <laughs> yeah, because, like you said, dude, they would have had to just concede. They would have had to concede at that point. And, yeah, that would be great. But do we really want to coast in there? Into the playoffs, just I don't care. A, just to get a playoff berth, you yeah, okay? I, I I don't care, man. When it's been once over the last twenty years, the narrative to change. We have to start making the playoffs. I get it, I get it, and I get it in a sense, and in a sense, I'm like, I just want us to be relevant when it counts. So whatever that looks like, man. We have to make the playoffs for that to matter, man. Like, we're so unrelevant right now because we just haven't won over the last two decades. And you have to crawl before you walk. But we do have to concern ourselves first and foremost with uh, with Jonathan Taylor. You know, obviously, that's, the, that's where the Raiders have to start. I, I do agree with you with that. But the good news is there – Obviously, it's scary. He's the league's leading rusher. He's been dominant. This is the type of back, by the way, guys, that this is what you – I mean, he didn't even go in the first round, but that's what you would envision, the type of impact that a first-round running back would have. He's a danger all to himself, with or without a passing game. You must account for him on every snap. He can go to the house on any play from any part of the field. He's a threat. But the good news, the last six weeks – the Raiders' run defense has been absolutely resurgent when they've had to be. When the clock turned to later fall, you know, getting cold, and the and the, the better running team started showing up on the schedule, starting with the Dallas Cowboys six weeks ago. Over those six weeks, the Raiders' rush defense has, has given up um, 415 yards on 120 carries. That's only 3.45 yards per rush Raspy, if that continues, if that trend carries over and travels with the team to Indy, that's a big, big plus in the Raiders' column, isn't it? Well, absolutely, man. The way the way our our Rundy has played has been nothing short of just phenomenal, man. I mean, they've kept us in these games and allowed us to still be relevant. So, yeah, that's huge, um, man. I just God, that would be so awesome to see these boys just show up and shut him down. Because I truly feel like if we can show up and shut him down, then you put it on Wentz, and that's going to be a bad day for them, not for us. So it it, it definitely bodes well in our favor right now, and I hope that that continues because that would be nothing short of, you know, just phenomenal to shut him down and I tell you right now with what we did last week if that doesn't carry some weight into the following week and you're run D I don't know what would man you just held one of the better you know run offenses in the league to 
17, 18 yards. Let's go get it, boys. And the Broncos, we got tested. I mean, the Broncos were a top six DVOA, you know, rushing attack. They're legit. The, the advanced stats bear it out. We know the Cowboys can run the ball. We know that the the Browns, the Brownies run the ball. That's that's their M.O., especially without Baker Mayfield in that game. Right. And Washington can run the ball as well. So, you know, but you're right to what you said before. When Taylor gets off, the, the Colts get off. When he doesn't, they really struggle. It's as simple as this, man. I'm, I'm usually about the advanced stats, but sometimes the simple stats, the old school stats – if you want to call it that, bear it out just as well. The Colts are undefeated when jo- when Jonathan Taylor cracks the century mark, when he goes over 100 yards in a game, and they are winless when he doesn't. It, does it get any more cut and dry than that, man? No, and usually when he does, he's, he's pushing. Well over it. Yeah, he's pushing above 50. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's because that's when he just starts trouncing on you. So you know how it is. You let one of these big-time gainers start – getting up on you man well he just builds confidence throughout the game and and it just seems like they just get you know bigger and bigger and more and more gashy every single time he touches the rock so this is one of those games where you just have to shut him down instantly and early and this is one of those things starting early with the defense has to happen I mean, obviously, we've been begging this offense to start early, but at least the defense in the last couple of weeks has started early and has shut down that first drive and given us chances. So that makes me feel better. There's no doubt. Gashy runs. I'm going to have to put that. That's a new metric I that I think I that we need to bring out there. Is, you know, explosive runs as last year. That Now going <laughs> forward, it's gashy runs. It gotta... almost sounds stupid because I didn't know what other <laughs> word to think of. But it's just those ones that just gash the hell out of you. you know well, I know what, I mean? what you mean. Everybody listening knows <laughs> what that means. <laughs> sound like an idiot over here. Like well, gashy runs. runs. Gashy. Leads the league in gashy runs. He's, he's a gashy run specialist. But, <laughs> damn, man. But yeah, Raiders. that's it, though. Raiders key point number three must limit the gashy run, <laughs> <laughs> which is true. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> they do, but they do though. They they all joking aside, they have to limit because he's not a he's not he's not Derrick Henry, right? He's not give him the ball 35, 40 times and he just bashes your face into submission four no, yards at a time. But those twenty yards, it's explosive runs, 20, 25 yarders. It's he'll hit you for. Three, two, four, two, three, sixteen, two, three, four, twenty-seven. It's like that's the two, guy. Two, three, he four, is. sixty. Yeah, and that's the guy he is, and you cannot have that, dude. I don't think he hurts you if you keep him to a two, three, four, three, four, five. I don't think he hurts you if you turn him into Walter Payton. You know what I'm saying? If you turn him into a three or four yards and a cloud of dust, wear you down. I don't he that's not his game. It's the explosive gashy runs that that hurts you with this guy. And the Raiders have to be they've done a very good job over the, the second half of the year limiting those types of runs. That must continue. The the other the other metric that you know the Raiders have to continue the, they have to limit the big play just overall, Raspy. Uh, I was shocked to, when I looked up, you know how much I lean on yards per point. I was stunned. When I found out that the the Colts actually lead the league in yards per point right now at twelve point nine yards per point, and they're also fifth in yards per point margin, you know how much you know credit I give those two metrics. 
But a lot of that is what you said is those explosive runs. But the other part of it is Raspi. They're also cashing in when they get into the red zone. You can't lead the league in yards per point. I don't think in today's NFL just with the run. How how much would it help the Raiders to just keep the Colts out of the red zone one or two times? Not out of the red zone, but when they get in the red zone, which they most inevitably will a few times. How big, how much does that, you know, move this thing towards winning towards the Raider column? If they can just keep them out of the end zone once or twice when they do get to the red zone, that's what yards per point really is all about. Well, yeah, and I couldn't agree more. Man. And that those are those because because we struggle in the red zone, so we have to allow the uh, make the other team struggle in the red zone. <laughs> I mean, our struggles are just glaring. So if we can make theirs glaring as well and stop them from scoring touchdowns in the red zone then, yeah, it bodes real well for you to be able to pull out one extra touchdown than them. And, and, I mean, you just can't be – you can't give up 100%. I mean, that's what – you know, you can't be the worst red zone defense in history. I mean, we say this every week, but I think with the season on the line, the, the thing about the Colts is they're not – this isn't the Peyton Manning Colts. This isn't the Andrew Luck Colts that will hang 30 or 40 on you if you show up and you do a solid job against the run, they're a blue collar type of team. And if you keep them one, one field goal in the red zone that you hold these guys to could be a massive, massive swing. They, they need every point they can get. Yep. Totally agree, man. And you have to be able to, to stand and hold firm in those, at the, at those times, you know, in the red zone. So, I mean, I know it's obvious to hold the team, you know, to field goals in the red zone, but it could not be more prevalent in a game like this, man, where you know it's going to be a hard-fought game. Our D is going to give us a chance, you know, and we need them to be able to keep them out, period. Well, that's that's an, a, the pass. It should be, on paper, a huge advantage for the Raiders. You know, granted, they limit the explosive plays because the Colts, only ranked 22nd in terms of passing the football and the Raiders are, you know, they rank 11th, I believe in, in passing yards per game. So doesn't it really come down to as far as the passing game, the Raiders have to be patient and they have to be disciplined when it comes to the play action stuff because of the threat of Taylor. Yeah. And I think they need to be opportunistic and you need to take a ball away from Wentz. period in some way, shape, or form, and or just from this offense in general, we have to have a big turnover in this game. I could see that being the complete and utter difference in this game is one big turnover, you know, midfield, you know, in our territory, whatever it may be. We need these boys to be opportunistic, and that's how you do it, man, is you keep the run game stifled to where they're going to have to throw it. Because this team just flat out, they don't have a bunch of receivers that are just going to kill you. Just, they just don't. So we need a big play. We need an opportunistic play from this defense, man. And along with them being able to hold the run game in check, we need something from them. And I, I, I'm starting to see this defense make plays and, and be a little more opportunistic. And that's what we need. What do you? What's your confidence meter from a scale of one to ten? 
that the Raiders pass rush from a week ago runs it back again when we need him to here in Indy. I'm talking Max. I'm talking Jan. I'm talking Jefferson. I'm talking Phylon, who was very, very good last week, both Jefferson and Phylon. We need it from all four guys up front. If Bradley decides to blitz, we have to be very efficient there too, but we all know that that's not going to be the basis of his game plan. The Raiders pass rush has to be much more of what it was a week ago and not so much of what it's been over the past six or seven weeks prior to the, the second Bronco game. What's your confidence meter, Raspy Raider, one to ten, that we get the good – we'll just call it the good Raider pass rush or the not-so-good Raider pass rush that we've seen in more recent weeks? I'm going to give it an eight, man. I, I, have, a, I have a good feeling that, that Max and Jan are going to get off. I really do. And I think the juice that – not only Darius Vylon and Quentin Jefferson can bring after what they did last week. And they saw, I mean, you know, they're watching tape all week seeing like, dude, you guys dictated this win. This is what we need from you again. So, and, and Grant, you're going up against a way better offensive line, but at the same time, man, Max, you're in the, you're in the pro bowl for a reason, brother. Your pressures are there. We need you to get home. So, and Yon has kind of been a little non-existent the last two weeks. So I, I see him going off. I see him picking it up. And what I really would love to see is some Malcolm Koontz mixed in there. And yeah. if I don't, then I'm going to be as livid as I was last week about the fact that this young man's not getting some run. I don't know why – on God's green earth, at this point in time, you would not give this kid an opportunity to come there and just cause a little disruption. And and I tell you right now, Carl Nassib, if he doesn't and you're in there, then we better see something from you. You better have one of those games. And if Clee Farrell plays at all in this game, what are we even doing? I have a very bad feeling that we're not going to see Malcolm Koontz in this game because of the same stupid logic that we heard after the, what was it, the Browns game or no, the Bronx, whichever game was the first one that he was inactive after the. God, that'd be better against the run to have these guys. Come on, man. And that Nassib and and Farrell give us a better chance against the run. That's what we're going to hear again. So it's just like you said, if you're going to go with that logic, if you're going to go with scholarship players, the scholarship players better earn their keep this week because the season is on the line now, gentlemen, there's no more time for, you know, we just, we're, we need Farrell to develop or, or, you know, we paid NASA this money. NASA has been pretty, pretty dang good this season when he's been called on. If, if they go with that same logic again, he's got to get it done both, not just against the run, but against the pass. And along those lines, a guy that I, I captained a week ago, Quentin Jefferson, man, you know, along with – do they get Hankins back this week? It doesn't look like it. Okay. Jefferson has to be the – he's my X factor this week because if he can duplicate the dominance both versus the run and, and the pass that we saw a week ago, I mean, he, he was better than Hankins has been this year in, that, in that, that one time where he was asked to step up against the run. I've been screaming that. I've been screaming that. And Solomon Thomas, too. You know, maybe Thomas gets a little bit of run to help with that. I don't I don't know. I don't know what it looks like, man, but like you said, whoever it is has to come through, man. I mean, there is no room for error 
we are treading very, very thin ice, man. We have to win. I don't want this to – I don't want to lose to this team and figure out 18 different ways where we could slide in on the back door, man. You own it now. Control it and go take it. Yeah. If you lose, you're risking then the Chargers – you know, I, anyway, we have to beat the Chargers regardless. But if we lose this week and some other things happen, then we, it, you know, the Dolphins will get in or somebody else would get in. So you have to. And a, I, team I, that, a team that we beat will get in, whether it's the Ravens or the Dolphins or, you know what I mean, or the Steelers or something. It's like, man, don't let a team that you beat squeak by you and get in, man. This is time to own it and hold up. Aren't you just tired of seeing the Raiders fumble the bag, bro? Yes. Yes. Absolutely, I am. It's frustrating as hell, dude. I'm tired of it, man. I want to get in there, dude. I want to have a wild card weekend where we're a part of it. It's just so, so few and far between. I mean, I agree. It's just, it's time for the Raiders to get in, but they're not going to get in if the offense doesn't meet the defense halfway. We need complimentary football in the worst way this week, Raspy. And, you know, the Raiders offensively, where do you you start to break it down? I know you're probably going to start with Carr. Well, I don't know how I couldn't. I mean, man, Darius Leonard's not going to be out there chicken hawking you. So praise the Lord above for that. Helps with the run, too. Yeah, absolutely. And they have other guys out there that can fill in, you know, amicably. So I want to see Cargo take it to a team, man. I mean, come on, Car, is that too much to ask from your fans? Regardless if they're me or regardless if they're a guy like Hart who's trying to help you out and, and back you up every single week, man. We need you to score points, bro. We need you to come out. And, and go score over 17 points in a game to win. I mean, what are we doing, man? He said it himself. I don't care how it comes. We're in position. Okay, well, now it's on you. The table's been set, bro. Let's go. He's got to get it done. And, I, and I've said, you know, I th- I don't know if, if we talked about this, if I said this on the show, if we talked about this, uh, off the off the air, but I believe this Raiders offense has one more game, one more big game in him. I'm talking about the regular season. And when I say big game, I mean 27-plus points. One of these last two games, I believe that they're going to do it. And, Raspy, I have to be honest, I know that the Colts' defense is tough. I know that they're well-coached. They have a really good defensive coaching staff who I've said before, I think that, you know, they're – their defensive coordinator should be on the Raiders short list of, of at least interview candidates, but they run a lot of single deep uh, looks and they disguise them as well as, as anybody. That's one thing I really admire about the way that they run this defense. I think they even do a better job of it most of the time than even Bradley does as far as disguising it. But the one style of defense raspy, this is why I think that, The Raiders' offensive explosion over the last two weeks, I only think they have one. I don't think they're going to do it two weeks in a row as much as I'd love for that to happen. I think it's more likely, as talented as the Colts' defense is, I think it's more likely against the Colts than it is against 
the two deep looks of Staley in the last week because the Raiders have been so successful. All of our 30-point games, all of Derek Carr's 300-yard-plus performances in big games have been against what, Raspy? Single high safety looks. The Raiders have to eat, and they have to eat against the Colts' single deep safety. It's right there, man. It's right there. I mean, it has been glaringly obvious that, you know, against these two deep safeties, we just struggle. So if that's the one, man, this, this, and that's it, this is the one you got to go get it. Well, go get it, man. Let's go. We need uh, a big game from our defense, but we need just as big a one from our offense, man. And I would love to just see a game where we could get both going at once. Wouldn't it be awesome to win a game 31 to 14, 31 to 17? God, man, how cool would that be? Just not Raider football, unfortunately. I know, I know. But if there's any time to get off, man, with the way your defense is playing and what your offense can do against these single high looks disguised or not, take the top off, man. Let's let's get it. Deshaun Jackson needs to be a bigger part of the game plan than he's been. Absolutely. In recent weeks. And, you know, Kind of building on that, this, the Raiders' offense is going to potentially have some opportunities against the single deep safety look, as we just talked about. And the Raiders absolutely have to take advantage, and they have to take advantage – again, here's this word again, guys – in the red zone. And for me, Raspy, I'm going to get very specific this week. You just look at how the Raiders have – you know, how they fared when they can score points in the passing game versus how much they just struggle – when they can't score points and generate points out of the passing game. So this week, I don't think it's out of line for me to say that I believe that Derek Carr has to throw three touchdowns in the red zone in this game. I don't know that how many points are going to be scored in this game. I think it's going to be most likely a game that's that's battled below 30 points someplace. I don't know if it's going to be in the 20s. I don't know if it's going to be in the teens, as, as a lot of the Raider games have been in the in recent weeks. But this game has a potential to remind me more of the Cowboys matchup. Remember, that's the last time we've scored 30 and they run single high. So I think the I think Derek Carr, I don't know that we're going to be able to run the ball and just run three or four touchdowns in the red zone. This is the week Derek Carr only has, what, 21 touchdown passes this this year with an extra game with two, two weeks to go. I'm a Derek Carr guy, but this is the – I can't separate the Raiders' red zone struggles in recent years anymore, Raspy. I can't ignore – I've been trying to block this out maybe because I'm a Derek Carr fan. I don't know. But I can no longer separate the fact that Derek Carr has not cracked 30 touchdowns since his second year, his sophomore year in the NFL, 2015, 32 touchdowns. He has not broken that mark since. To be fair, he had a chance to uh, last year. He wouldn't have gotten hurt in, in, in the – was it the Dolphin game or whichever game that was, and he wasn't able to finish? But I can't separate the two. When 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 the Raiders struggle in the red zone, I guarantee you when you look at Derek Carr's touchdown passes, they're going to be well well short of 30. They need three from him in the red zone in this game. Well, hell, man, I'll take two from him in the red zone. If he can give us two, I think you give us all kinds of hope. But And that's the thing, though, too, man. It's like you see – I get it. He's not Mahomes, man. But Mahomes on a lousy year can throw 35. 
and this guy has not been able to throw more than 30, but once, and we're going to sit here and make excuses for him. Oh, if he didn't, you know, if he didn't get hurt, you know, he might've been able to throw 31 or 30. It's like, come on, man, we need you to go out and have one of those games, man, where you're like looking Madden, like we need that from you. And what better time, man? I mean, you have, your defense has given you a chance and basically handed you a couple victories, man, with the way they played. So it's time for you to go put one away. You know, Derek Carr claims to be, speaking of Madden this week, as we all are thinking of him a lot right now, and he claims to be the greatest Madden player that's ever lived. I don't know if if any of us actually believe that, but if there is any truth to that, we need him to embody that on the field and take that performance from the virtual world to the real world against the Colts this coming Sunday. Um, Field goals in the red zone just aren't going to cut in this game. The Rich Bisaccia special, not going to cut it in this game. The other thing i got to wonder, Raspy, is will the real Josh Jacobs please stand up? You know, we've been we've been suffering from, you know, the 2020 and 2021 Josh Jacobs, just not good enough. And then out of, out of nowhere, you know, right when I was ready to just get this guy off the team, he makes another boneheaded fumble against the Broncos, momentum shift. And then all of a sudden he goes to the sideline and disappointed in himself and he puts the, the, the his helmet back on to go back for the next series. In 2019, Josh Jacobs showed up out of nowhere all of a sudden he had the burst he had the the wiggle which i've really been missing in the open making people miss rapidly which which josh jacobs is going to show up on sunday because if the 2019 version shows up again along with the offensive line that we saw to back it up the raiders win this game i'll I'll just say that well if we go back to hit you know history playing the colts we seem to always play the colts really well i don't know why whether it even going back to when Manning was there, we, we seemed to always play him tough. So I'm going to go ahead and bank, and I'm going to give him one last ditch, you know, hoorah, to come out there and show us that he still has that. We need that because, and you know what? Even if it's not for us, Josh, you better do it for your damn self because you won't be playing anywhere else. So if, if you – want to continue to be a Raider or just continue to be a relevant running back in this league, bro, you better finish this season strong. And you better have something leaning more towards what you did last week than what you did the previous five before that. Because if you go out and you lay an egg again, bro, they're going to say, oh, he had one good game and then here we are back to this. And the way this, the way this offensive line has been playing – that's one promising thing that we haven't really talked about a lot, man. Andre James is starting to look like he might be a real serious center in this league. Right. Leatherwood, maybe this switch to guard might be a real good thing. Maybe he could move to tackle. I don't know. But the way this offensive line produced last week, man, if they if they go out and they can put guys on their heels like they did, you know, against the donkeys, man, you better go off, period. So, and without having, like I said, again, without having Darius Leonard out there running around just chicken hawking everything in the run game and the pass game, that's one less thing you have to worry about, bro. Go put your head down and go get us some yards. We need it.
we we need it we need every yard you know i don't know how much peyton barber may factor into the the game plan this week but i certainly wouldn't mind seeing him take a few carries as well with his you know showing so much natural patience and vision with this offensive line but it's really going to come down to a few things. It's going to come down to, to slowing down Taylor on defense. And the other thing that, that really has shown up that we haven't talked about, but it just seems to be just a critical thing with the Raiders. When they, when they, you can almost tell the first quarter almost dictates and can tell you And Raider Raider nation. You all know, it's true. You 90% of the time, you know, whether the Raiders are going to have a chance to win the game or not, almost always by the end of the first quarter, and one of the things that we always look for is those slow starts or not. When the Raiders start slow, they don't score points the whole game. It's not like they explode in the second half like the Bengals have been doing for most of the season. They just struggle. They struggle to score in the first quarter, in the first half. They most likely are going to struggle the whole game, and it's going to come down to a Carlson field goal or not, or, or a stop or not. But if the Raiders, Raspy, when they score early, especially when they score – and I'm not talking field goals. Let me be clear. When they score touchdowns, early when they score touchdowns in the first quarter it seems to to spark a different momentum with this offense with this team and it sets a different tone and i think it, it, it bears repeat, repeating raspy real quick historically when the raiders start games with Derek carl but going back to 2014 the magic number despite all the defensive problems and everything the roster upheaval the all the, the circus atmosphere, the coaches, uh, turnover, offensive court, all of that that's gone on in the Derek Carr era, it, when, he, when he gets to 21 points or up or above, the Raiders have over a 70-win percentage. Score a, a touchdown or two in the first half and set yourself up to get to 21 points. The Raiders have a really good chance to win. Doesn't that sound ridiculous to you? I, I'm one points, man. That. Holy cow! Like, dude, can can you just go to, go score twenty four and we probably win? If we could just score twenty four points every game in his in his tenure, then we'd be. I think it was oh, it was a seventy four point something win percentage. That gets you. You're hosting playoff games every year. You may be the number one seed most of the years with that, right? Wow. Yeah, absolutely right. How do you quantify something like that? How do you? I don't ask me. I ain't a scientist, and I definitely <laughs> ain't gonna be able to break that one down. Because good night. How the hell do you quantify that? I have no freaking clue, man. Score some damn points. You have to do it early, though. I mean, don't you agree with me? If the Raiders don't score, if yeah, the Raiders, if you if you go up and get up on these guys. 17 to 7 and half, bro. I don't see you relinquishing that. I really don't. Not with this defense. In the previous years, yes, our defense would relinquish that. This year, no. They won't. Our D is better than that. And another key that that I think that you were talking or you were, you know, sort of going in this direction. If you're up 17 to 7 on these guys at half, you're starting to reduce Jonathan Taylor's availability because you, oh, you know, don't so far back and keep running that rock as you know right so big game um lots of variables what else did you have on this matchup nothing man i don't i don't have a lot of stats i don't have a lot of things to break down 
this is it, man. This is crunch time. This is this is when you put it all out there, man. Put it on the line, man. Hold nothing back. Any cliche thing you can think of. This is the time, man. You have two games to go win to make the playoffs and secure yourself a playoff spot. So we could sit here and tear up numbers all day long and until we're blue in the face, man, or just pissed off. You got a game to go win. Shut Jonathan Taylor down and go score over 21 like Hart said, and we'll win the damn game. Yeah, it's – it seems simple. I know this isn't that easy. I get it. It's the NFL. It's hard, man. But at the same time, go go score some points early, man. Make it tough for them and hold down this run game. And I promise you, we'll come out with a win. We will. And, you know, before we go to Ask Raspy next, I just want to end it here by speaking – Directly to my guy, Derek Carr, you know, Carr, it's been eight years. You know, I've, I've been a fan of yours. I followed you at Fresno. I hope the Raiders would, would draft you, and it ended up going that way. Um, I believed in you early on. I saw promise in you right from the start, and I've when a, a lot of Raider Nation has sort of lost uh, belief in you over the years. I've stayed there. The time to pay off my faith and, and all the other car supporters out there, you know, there's a lot of us still out there in your camp. The time to pay this faith forward is now. You have to win this game. You have to win this game. If you lose this game, you're exposing yourself to whatever, you know, the new coach that comes in here may want a new quarterback. You're, you're subject yourself to, to trade rumors, to all sorts of, you know, stuff that you don't want to be dealing with criticism, all the stuff, you know, you have to win this game, my dude. It's time. I believed in you. I still believe in you, but the time is now, man. It's time to get this organization back to the playoffs. I don't care how we get there by hook or crook. The time is now. The excuses won't hold you down anymore. There's nothing else. There's really nowhere else for for your supporters to go if we don't make the playoffs this season anymore. So the time is now. That's That's just, you know. A direct, a direct um, word to my to my guy Derek Carr, man. It, the time to pay to, to pay our support forward, to repay us all that we that, that haven't really wavered. You well, go get. You know what, man? If Carr, if you're gonna sit here and say yeah, that you are as diehard as a Raider fan as the rest of us are, then you yourself know. We need to get in the playoffs, man. We need to try to turn this around and be relevant again. I'm tired of being a footnote in the annals of NFL history and where we're just, we're you know, we, we're looked over. I don't want to be Detroit, man. I want to be Cleveland. Like, what are we doing, man? You literally single-handedly have the opportunity to change that. So you act like you are so, so die hard, man. Well, then you know what? Go put any and everything you have on this game and go out there and beat the damn Colts and give us an opportunity to come back home and beat the Chargers and make the damn playoffs. I mean, I'm sorry, man. I'm not going to sit here and uh, and beg you for it. I'm just saying, if you're going to say you're that die hard, man, well, then go prove it. Because we need every bit of it. 
if you don't go and have a good game, dude, we are going to get slaughtered. So I think even you deep down know that. So go have a good game. Get us a win. He has to know it. And the last thing I'll say on this is, and I've said this before, the only way to change a losing culture, the only way to establish a winning culture is to win. It's to win. Period. So your mission statement is is is, is uh, <clears throat> very clear. So go get the W. You ready for some questions here before we give our predictions as to whether or not we actually think the Raiders are going to follow through on everything that we said? Let's get into it. Had a lot of great questions again, guys. Um, I did stick with some more. The the obviously the the events that happened with with Madden this week. Uh, I I did go ahead and pull a question um, from that. That you know obviously normally we wouldn't be talking Madden, but you know things things happened. And the other two are playoff specific, which I thought were also very appropriate. So guys, keep them coming. And and don't forget, guys, win, lose, or draw against the Colts. No matter what the playoff scenario looks like when we wake up on Monday morning, keep the questions coming. Keep them coming in the offseason. So this is not just the regular season thing. As you, the longtime listeners from last season know, we're going to keep the Ask Raspy train rolling all through the regular season, all the way into the playoffs and beyond. So uh, if you have a question, if you have, a, you know, I, we're getting some coaching questions. We're getting some free agent, wide receiver questions, especially a couple of defensive questions. But we're going to get to those, but we're just going to get to them in the end of the season, and we'll be talking a lot more about that stuff as we progress. But right now our focus is let's get into these playoffs. And the first question that we had, uh, Raspy – actually, I'm going to save that one for last. I'm going to save that one for last. I'm going to start with – Bob Rikens, I, uh, hopefully I'm, I'm pronouncing your last name right, from Facebook. Um, he wants to know, Raspy, can the Raiders still make the dance with an L at Indy, but uh, W at home against the Chargers? Well, Bob, that remains to be seen. Can we? I don't know. There are so many things that have to come into play at that point. We touched on earlier in the show. We can't afford for that to happen, Bob. So, no. We lose to the Colts. It's over. I'm sorry. I, I'm not going to sit here and play this mathematical BS, man, which is like, oh, we need five different teams to somehow win or lose before we can. No, we're not doing that, man. We are in position to control our own destiny and to win this thing. So, no, we lose to the Colts. You know, like I know, Bob, the wheels fall off, man. Do you really think that if we lose to the Colts, we're going to beat the Chargers? Because I don't. I feel like if we lose to the Colts, they're the wheels. They fell off. We will check out. And here we are talking about the same kind of thing Divine Diablo was talking about two, three weeks ago, how guys just – are checked out. I, I don't even want to know what the hell practice looks like next week if we lose to the Colts. So I'm sorry, Bob. We lose to the Colts. It's over. I'll make that one real, 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 real blunt. Yeah, uh, Bob, to 
you know, the way I'll answer it is technically there is a scenario that could play out to where we still could get in if we lose to the Colts, but I'm with Raspy. What Raider team in recent memory have you witnessed that would lose a game like this and then get off the mat and beat the, the Chargers at home the week after? It won't happen. It you won't have happen. Mode now. Right. You have to be in playoff mode now, right? You have to yeah, be in Absolutely, man. You have an opportunity to go right now and to open it up, man. Here it is. It's it's at your doorstep, bro. You got to win, period. It starts now. I, I mean, even if say, okay, we go beat the, we go beat the Colts, and then somehow we lose a tough game to the Chargers. I could at least stomach that as much as it's gonna piss me off. But you go lose to the Colts, you never you're never gonna stand a chance when it comes down to it because I just don't see it. So this team has to show me something, man. Well, they have to win, and. Yeah, they could maybe get in if they lose. But, you know, again, they're not going to beat the Chargers if they lose this game. This, all the steam is going to go out of the sale if they lose this game. And number two, it would officially be a maybe scenario then. Like, even if – even if Yeah, because there's no guarantees. Guarantee. If the Chargers beat the Broncos, and with the, like I said earlier, with the Broncos' COVID concerns with their wide receiving core and some other stuff going on with that, that then, then it's a no. Then you have to win both. So – to be safe, really, you have to win both because to lose one, that could be a yes or a no, and it's not – It's not. you're no longer controlling your own destiny at that point. Well, and, and it may not even be a factor. That game, honestly, against the Broncos, right? Yeah, it may not even be a factor, so you got to win, man. you got to win, or it could be a preseason game against the Chargers no matter what a week from now. And – I just I just believe in my heart if they beat the Colts, they're going to beat the Chargers at home. I just believe that in my heart. The last time we got in in 2016, we had to beat the Chargers to get in, and we did so. But that's a good question, Bob. Um, there's a lot of people yeah, that thanks, do want – I don't mean to be like – I don't mean to sound like a jerk either. I just, I just believe we are in like this mode where we have to go and win this game, man. Yeah, I, I think most Raider fans that have been around, we've been – this ain't our first rodeo, you know, to, to speak like, you know, the boys back in Colorado. <laughs> it, it's our first rodeo, man. We've seen this before. We know when it's when it comes time to, you know, win out and you get in, you can't – we know what that means. You have to win. So that's a good question. The next one comes from Juan Grudino. <laughs> With the picture of John Gruden with the mustache. <laughs> nice. So John Gruden's uh, Mexican twin, I guess, Juan Grudino. Juan Grudino. <laughs> if the guys, if the Raiders do make the playoffs, will this be officially the craziest Raiders season ever? Man, you know what? <laughs> Juan Grudino, I love it. That's so awesome, dude. I, I, I wish I, I'm gonna I gotta go check out this dude's handle. But um it might be one. It might very well be, and that's saying something about this damn team, because this team seems like they just throw you curveballs each and every single year, and it's always something crazy. But between the Groot and stuff, the rugs, interim coaches, uh yeah. It might very well be, man. I mean, you go you go get into the playoffs on this one, man. How can anybody sit there and hate 
on what we did with the adversity we faced to get ourselves in there. So I'm going to say yes, man. I'm going to say it will be one of the craziest seasons, and I it'll go down maybe in the annals of history if you can go get in there and go do something. So, yes. I agree. I think that this is if, – if they get in one – I think that this is the craziest Raiders season. That would make it the craziest Raiders season that I've seen. And you yeah. look at – he mentioned, you know, Raspy mentioned the Gruden stuff, the rug stuff. I mean, that's a whole lot to go through, the interim coaching stuff, the highs and lows. You start off 3-0 and and you're, you're riding high, then you lose. You know, you go through a losing spell, then you sort of rebound again at the end of the year and you find a way to win out. And I said it last week, you know, the Raiders started on a three-game winning streak for the regular season, and to make the playoffs, they're going to have to ultimately end on a three-game winning streak to end the season. And, you know, Raspy's right. The Raiders have thrown us curveballs before. Just about every year, they, they throw us something unexpected, or the league throws us something unexpected just because we're the Raiders. But it's been like one thing. It's been Cleo Mack was traded, then they just don't make the playoffs. So that was pretty much the the one thing. Or Antonio Brown blows up in training camp, then that was just sort of the one thing. But it's been one thing after another after another. Then you know we didn't even talk about COVID and all. So I would have to say so. Yeah, if we if we make the playoffs and turn this boat around and get in for only the second time in the last twenty years, to, as far as making the playoffs, I think this would be the craziest Raiders season that I've personally have ever set eyes on. Agreed, man, Mr. Juan Grudino. I love it. Raiders hire new head coach Juan Grudino. I was going to say, I'll hire Juan Grudino right now. Juan Grudino hired. (laughs) (laughs) That's so awesome. And lastly, I thought this is a very fitting question because of what happened this week, obviously, with the uh, I can't call it the untimely passing of John Madden because he he'd lived a full life, but the saddening passing of John Madden. Raider Rings on Facebook wants to know what guys, what did John Madden mean to you? Raspy, I'll let you start. Damn it! You trying to make me cry over here, Raider Rings? I mean. You know, you, I, I don't mean to sound like a like a total football lover and nothing else matters, but what did Madden mean to me? I mean, a hell of a lot, man. I mean, I know the guy at times was Captain Obvious, man. <laughs> but but you know what he else? You know what else he was? He was Captain Obvious when it came to winning and putting us in positions to dominate teams because he obviously knew what the hell he was doing. So what? What he meant to me was a hell of a player, hell of a coach, hell of an analyst, just a smart man. Because when it comes down to football, man, it's it's nuts and bolts. And I, I think that he put that out there probably better than damn near anybody. Pat Summerall will probably tell you the same thing. He made football look easy. And really, when it came down to it, it was easy because it comes down to wins and losses. It comes down to who, who's the better player, who's the one making bigger plays, and just got to just show respect for this man in all ways and shapes and form. And what he did for just our organization alone, 
man, the utmost respect for this man. I mean, he legitimized us in the 80s and, you know, late 70s and, and made us a powerhouse. God, what I wouldn't give to see us be that team that we were back then. Now, man, what I wouldn't give to to see that and to be a part of that and to watch a team just dominate, you know what I mean? Each and every year for multiple years, because even the years we weren't winning the Bulls, we were still right up in your face. And we were making it real hard for any team that faced us on a week-to-week basis. So what Madden meant to me, man, was just football in general, man. And that's saying a lot for me. I got a lot of respect for this man. Got a lot of respect for uh, just the way he handled his business and how he was just, like I said, just that, you know, nuts and bolts type analyst, coach, player, whatever. The guy just go beat the guy in front of you was kind of his mantra. And you got to respect that. You got to love that, man. So rest in peace, Mr. Madden. Thank you for all the glory you brought to this franchise. Appreciate you, man. That's well said, Raspy. And um, Raider Rings, you know, to answer this question, it's it's – John Madden meant a, he meant everything, man. You know, we're Gen we're Gen X we're Gen Xers, right? And you know, our dad's era, our uncle's era, you know, the the generations before us, it was more about baseball, right? The American pastime and that kind of thing. And then football was kind of our era, you know that that football was our game. We grew up idolizing football players. We grew up, you know dreaming about, you know, maybe even playing football one day. We all wanted to be Super Bowl winning champions or, or whatever. And John Madden, when I closed my eyes, you know, after I found out that he passed, I sort of kind of just took a moment. And, you know, when I picture in my mind watching a football game, just just doesn't matter the era, just a generic football game. I don't know if it's the past, present, or future – I can't recognize the teams playing. It doesn't have to be the Raiders. When I picture an NFL game in my mind, I picture certain things. And the the announcer that I hear calling the game is John Madden to this day. And, you know, it means a lot to me. You know, it, it reminds me of watching football games with my dad who's no longer with me. It brings that back. Um, R.I.P. Mr. Hart, too. You know, it, it, it reminds me of, you know, playing football with my friends, you know, you know street ball, football, you know, at the park. Um, it, it, it also reminds me of Madden football. It, you know, it, there, there, was a, there was a time, you know, growing up in our era where if you were at your, your buddy's house on a Friday or Saturday night, all you needed was a group of your, your closest homies, a couple, two liters of pop a nice pepperoni pizza and an all night tournament of John Madden football. And the, Oh, I remember losing, I remember losing money to heart. We were kids playing Madden. We would, Hey, don't, don't, don't get it twisted guys. We put some money on these games. You're, you're talking 20 to 50 to a hundred bucks a game. Sometimes where we were putting on these games with some real, real gusto on the line. Just and you know, and that was our that was our night, man. Is you were just kicking back, hustling, 
playing Madden, having a good old time, maybe doing a couple other things that uh, you wouldn't do now as an adult. But back then, we're just a hell of a time. So, and and to me, man, it's like when we were those moments when you were playing Madden with your homies and and doing that. Even after you know years have passed and that those days have changed and and kind of been put in the background looking back it really never got much better than that you know you're you're with your homies and whatever else was going on in your life whatever troubles that you may have had at home or at school or with with girls or whatever else just sort of faded to the background for a minute and I can't think of too many other people that had that kind of an impact where your father's generation knew him as a coach you know, we knew him as a broadcaster and as a gamer and all the kids know him as, as a gamer, as, as, as part of the gaming industry, touching three different generations, you know, in three different ways. And I don't know, Raspi, if any one person has had a bigger impact on the popularity and the, just the, how I'm, football has been sort of baked into American culture. I don't know if there's been one singular person that's been any more responsible. You could you could rename it the John Madden Trophy over the Vince Lombardi Trophy, and I don't think that would be out of line. You know, I'm all, with you. I'm with you, man. I mean, it's like I said, especially to these young kids nowadays, man. They all know Madden. Everybody. So. I Somebody, agree with you, man. Well said. Well said. Well spoke, man. I mean, this is this dude was a was a flat out powerhouse, man. And like I said, you have these people that'll sit there and say, "Oh, he was Captain Obvious." Well, you know what, man? There's obvious stuff going on in football. There's obvious ways to win, and Madden just flat out told you how to do it. Nobody did it. You should have listened more. <laughs> nobody did it better. Nobody had more charisma. Nobody won more. Nobody had a better winning position for the coach. And nobody, you know, did it better as far as developing a football game. And, I mean, when they asked him to be a sponsor for the game, he could have just said, yeah, just put my name on it and make sure the check, you know, clears and we're good. do whatever you want. No, he said, okay, if I'm going to be a part of this, we're going to have real plays. We're going to have, you know, we're going to teach people. We're going to teach the game. We're going to do this we're going to do that and he really put his foot in it man and and he and he took it seriously as seriously as he took coaching or broadcasting and and i think we all can really appreciate that man so rest in peace to a raider great john matt man a great coach great broadcaster great legend so one time man there will never be another john madden that's for sure no and there there will there will definitely not man and uh what a great way to what a great way to send it off, man, no doubt. Madden and Summerall, man, that's still the best tandem. I know. And yeah, don't forget Mr. Summerall, man, because those two were just man, like you talk about a Mount Rushmore of football, man. Put you put two guys right there, man. <laughs> the Madden and Summerall. You know, it all the you, game. You could put Pete Rosell up there too. You know what I mean? There's just rare guys that just touch this game and know this game so well that can just put a stamp and an imprint on it that you just never forget. And those are the guys, man. And he was literally the front runner. So, absolutely. Well, you know, a great tribute to a great man, and there's no easy segue to from that thing else, but. We do have to leave you with our predictions here after all has, that's been said and done. 
and I'll just go ahead and, and let Raspy um, open us up here. Do the Raiders win? Do the Raiders lose? What's the score? Man, I'm 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 on I'm on these uh, I'm on these defensive boys. I have a feeling they're gonna come through and they're gonna make something happen, man. And uh, and I also do feel that Carr has uh, one of these big bigger games in him. And I'm not even asking for much. I'm calling a 26-23 victory. Raiders win. We go into Indy. We find a way to score some points and just get above that 21 that we talked about earlier. And, you know, and we win the game. I find I, I, I just I truly feel that his defense is going to do something special. And they're going to hold him to 23. And that's going to have to be enough offense. You're going to have to supersede the Colts 23. So I got us winning the game 26-23, man. Awesome. Well, we agree, not on the score, but I also have the Raiders winning. I think it's going to be a tough game. I think it's going to be a physical game. I think the Raiders' defense does continue their their upward swing, their you know accelerated play, as Andy Reid would say, the second half of the year. I think the Raiders are the more desperate team, the hungrier team. Remember, guys, the Colts can lose this game and just all they have to do is just beat Trevor Lawrence, you know, in the final game and they still get in from everything that I've seen. So they can afford to lose. And we all know that when there's two teams playing and one is a true must win and the other team is like, this is a must win game, but we can still just beat the sorry Jags at home. That That's going to be in their mind in the back of their head somewhere. When it gets tough in the fourth quarter, they, they, we just need the game more than they yeah, do. And please, I, please let that be that. Please let that be the thought process. Because if that's the case, man, we win. It's only human, though. When you know, it's just like we. Oh, I, I'm I a big. Agree. I don't think you're. I'm not. Oh, you're not wrong. There's no doubt. I'm a big NBA guy. You know, we. It's like when one team is up three games to two, and they could close them out. A lot of times, it's like when it's close in the fourth quarter. Yeah, we could just close these guys out, but we got game seven at home, and you know, it, that kind of mentality could very well creep in, especially when you they they have to think they're going to beat the Jaguars, and and you know in a game that's going to be absolutely nothing to the Jacksonville Jaguar who probably won't even want to win that game because of draft considerations. I think the Raiders do score early. I think the defense does just enough. I think the Las Vegas Raiders win a must win 24 to 21. And I think they set up a win and get in scenario at home against the hated chargers in the final game of the season. So we both have the Raiders finding a way to preserve their, their playoff potential going into the final week of the season. And you really can't ask for much more than that. No, you cannot. So nation stay up, man, stay tough, stay focused. Hey man, we got a chance. So we're going to, we're going to find out come Sunday, you know, 11 o'clock my time what we're going to do, man. At least we're going to know early real quick where we're at. So let's go. Let's go dump on them, man. Let's go make let's go make the Colts' life, you know, a little less uh, merry to start out their year. Like I said, man, they can go beat the Jags. Like hard, they can go beat the Jags and still get in, man. They'll be all right. Let's go worry about our future, man, and worry about our focus. 
and let's go beat them, man. And then let's go handle the Chargers and let's find a way into these playoffs, man. Because you never know what you can do until you get to the dance, man. So, Nation, love you guys. Appreciate each and every one of y'all. Thank you guys for the support. Like Hart always says, man, reach out. Let us know how we can be better, do better. Tell your friends, your family, your loved ones, you know, other like-minded Raider fans that we're here, man, and we're going to be here. Win, lose, a draw, you know, or win, lose, a tie, I guess, in this league. But we're here, man, and we just cannot thank you guys enough for all the support. So, as always, I'm going to let Hart take us out of here. But, Nation, we love you guys. Without you guys, there's no us. So, thank you all for the show. And, guys, uh, make sure to keep it here with us. We'll be chopping at the bit to break down this game, regardless of the outcome early next week. We think it's a Raider win, but regardless of what happens, we plan to be breaking down a Raider win and, and looking forward to a crazy must-win scenario. Can you imagine, Raspy, the environment in Vegas for a must-win game against the Chargers at home? A win? Yeah. That could be fun, man. Be real fun. That would be real fun. But keep it with us regardless, guys. We're going to, you know, we'll be watching the game with you in, in spirit, you know, with all of Raider Nation. And we'll be probably be online to do some interaction during the game. Look out for that Silver and Black Hack account on Raider Twitter during the game, uh, as we've been doing. And uh, we're probably going to keep that going. But in the meantime, guys, make sure to be safe. Have fun tonight on New Year's, but make sure to keep it safe. So we can all, all reconvene here early in 2022 and uh, get ready for a Raider playoff appearance, hopefully thereafter. So for my partner, Raspy Raider, this is, again, your host, Raider Hart, wishing you guys a very happy holidays. Let's go get that Raider win on Sunday. And besides all that, guys, we'll be talking next week. And in the meantime, it's New Year's Eve, so just win, baby. <laughs>